This week in Food Ops, we are talking about restaurant reopenings. Derek shares a horror story from the kitchen and CBD edibles. What place do they have in food retail? Hey, I'm Becca. And I'm Derek. And he's a health inspector. And we are here to help you prep for inspection. It's all here on Food Ops. Hey, Derek. Hey, Becca. Hey, so have you tried my no-bake cookies? Oh, you know what? I haven't. <laughs> They're over there setting on the counter right now. I'm waiting for them to firm up a little bit. I wanted to ask you to critique my setup. They're firming up on wax paper with a paper towel over them. Oh. Out on the counter. Is that appropriate? It's fine. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a no-bake cookie. That means you don't have to bake it. But they, they can be out in the open like that? Well, they need to be protected from contamination. And in the house, I guess a paper towel will do. So as long as they're clear of our dog's tongue, they're okay? Yeah. This week we are talking about restaurant reopenings. California is now in the purple of the four-tiered system. So for those who hadn't been following along, because it's been a lot to follow along with, right now there's four colors. Tier one is purple, tier two, red, tier three, orange, and tier four is yellow. So that's the most severe up into the least restrictive. Yeah, so last month, I think it was, Governor Newsom released his stay-at-home order. And so the whole state reverted back to the color-coded tier system by county instead of by region. So now each county goes back into whatever color-coded system that they were before the governor put on the statewide or regional-wide, rather, stay-at-home order. So what that looks like for our state right now is that 58 counties are in the purple, which is the most restrictive one is in red, three orange, and one yellow. And the yellow has the least restrictions. So for purple, our amusement parks are still closed, just to give a lay of the land here. Gatherings are outdoors only with a maximum of three households. So for example, if we had a Super Bowl party, that party would consist, consist of our family and two other families, correct? Right. And, and we would need to gather outside. Yeah, I guess so. And the cheering and celebrating um, is recommended to be at a talking volume. And if we sing or chant, like say there's somebody's birthday or something like that, or we sing along with the national anthem, the singing or chanting has to be at a lower than talking volume. Right? Hmm. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of... Uh Subjective, each person has a different kind of a, a volume base, but, but yeah, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. Museums, zoos, and aquariums may be open if they are outdoors with modifications. Places of worship, this was more recently updated. Places of worship may be open indoors with modifications with a 25% capacity. And that was updated just this month, actually. Movie theaters are still outdoors only with modifications. Gyms and fitness centers are outdoor only with modifications in the purple tier. 
restaurants are outdoor only and they were closed before, correct? Closed for indoor and outdoor, right? Only takeout and delivery. So now they can have their patios open. Card rooms and satellite wagering, those are outdoor only with modifications. Professional sports are open without live audience with modifications. And then live audience sports are closed. Just to kind of let you know what it means when it says modifications, the state has put out guidelines for each of those business sectors that you're mentioning. And those guidelines cover things from frequency of sanitizing the interior of the facility to monitoring the temperatures of the employees as well as the patrons that come in. And then it could be even setting up plexiglass barriers between customers and employees, uh, social distancing guidelines, and of course, mask wearing. So those those things are kind of a, a broad spectrum that apply to all of the, se the sectors, but the guidelines that the California Department of Public Health have put together are developed for each of these different business sectors. And we're referring right now to the Blueprint for a Safer Economy, and it's found on that website that you mentioned, the California Department of Health. CDPH, California Department of Public Health. Mm -hmm. Derek, we established that 58 counties are still in the purple, and these are the largely populated counties from San Diego, Los Angeles, Santa Barbara, San Francisco. So a majority of the population in California is still living under these very restricted guidelines. Right. How do you find that this is affecting restaurant reopenings now that restaurants can have outdoor dining, whereas before that they, they couldn't? So this gives restaurants the opportunity to open up their businesses a little bit more. They can have their patios open. And so expanding on the delivery and takeout only. How does a county get assigned to a tier? So a county gets assigned to a tier based on a couple of different metrics. The first met metric is new cases per 100,000. And that's over a seven-day period, and it's the average number of cases. So take seven t the last seven days, the number of new cases per 1,000. If it's more than seven, then you're assigned the purple tier level. And then in conjunction with that, the positivity rate, if it's greater than 8%, and this is for testing. So if you have a testing positivity rate that's greater than 8%, that also assigns you to the purple tier. And then you go down to the red tier when that positivity rate is between 5 and 8% in conjunction with a 4 to 7 new cases per 100,000. And then you go down to orange and then yellow as those numbers decrease. You have to have both of those metrics within the parameters in order to move down to the less restrictive tier. And you have to stay on a tier for a minimum of three weeks before you can even change to another tier. And the last two weeks that you're on it, you have to maintain the less restrictive tiers metrics. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It does. Yeah. And then if you miss that tiers metrics for two weeks, then you go back to a more restrictive tier. How do restaurant openings differ between the tiers? So in the first tier, which is the purple tier, 
the restaurants can only be open for outdoor only with modifications. And then once they meet the metrics and move into the red tier, then they can open indoors with modifications. And part of those modifications include a max capacity of 25% or 100 people, whichever is fewer. And then moving into orange and yellow, what does that mean? So the max capacity goes up. The orange tier, the max capacity goes up to 50% or 200 people, whichever is fewer. And then the yellow tier, it's just max capacity 50%. There's no maximum person number. It's just a 50% of the capacity of the building that you're in. And is there a tier beyond yellow? Well, no. How do we know when we're at full capacity again? That's going to have to be done at the executive level, meaning the governor's office. So we'll just remain in tier four, the yellow tier, until restrictions are lifted. There's not really any plan of how long we have to stay in yellow. Like yellow's the kind of the the end result under this blueprint for a safer economy. Could we assume that it's about three weeks that we would need to be in yellow? Yeah, you can assume that you're going to be in yellow for at least three weeks, but then that doesn't mean that there's going to be no restrictions after that because there's no metric after that. Yellow has the the maximum metrics, so it's going to have to be an executive decision from the governor's office. So we'll just wait and see. We'll just wait and see. How do you find that these tiers are affecting food trucks, catering services, Miko's? In general? Well, food trucks can operate as normal, actually, during these uh, the different tiered system, since they're pretty much a to-go or for takeout only. There is no outdoor or indoor dining. Now, there's no events taking place right now um, outside of farmer's markets. So a lot of food trucks get their business from going to events. But if you're decaled, with a countywide decal and have a countywide permit, then you can go anywhere where zoning regulations permit you to. How also then does this affect catering? So with catering, it kind of goes back to the allowance of gatherings. So if there's gatherings that are allowed, and right now there's gatherings that are allowed with I think it was three or less households, then those uh, events, I guess, can be catered. Caterers just don't have the normal amount of business that, of course, they're used to with a lot of other events going on. For instance, today we did a birthday party via Zoom. And it was not catered. It was not catered. Derek, your environmental health department also inspects schools, like school cafeterias and even swimming pools, both indoor and outdoor. Right, they have to have a permit with us. How does the tiered system affect schools? Well, schools, if if schools don't have a waiver to open right now, they can only fully reopen for in-person teaching in the red tier. So once you've been in the red tier, then the district itself can decide or other school officials can decide to reopen at that point. Now, there can be small cohorts, actually, in person, but we're talking about kind of a fully reopening to in-person teaching. And that's if a school has not already reopened for on-site instruction. 
Now, there is an exception. If schools have already been open, because we had been in the red tier previously, and so they had the possibility of reopening. And if they never closed, then they'd, they don't have to close, even though that we're in the purple tier. But if they're still closed, then they we have to be in the red tier for at least five days before they can look at reopening. Derek, there is the good, the bad, and the ugly side of food service. Entertain us, if you would, with a horror story from the depths of the kitchen. A horror story. Okay. What have you seen recently, or what's one of your best stories? Well, a story that I I like to tell is, so inspectors come across roaches in facilities, actually Fairly often, probably more often than you would like to know about. Um, so I was in one large buffet restaurant, and I saw a few dead cockroaches on the floor underneath the three-department sink. So when you see dead roaches, you you start looking really hard for, for live ones, because if they have an infestation, then they're going to be closed down automatically. Because when where there's several, there's several hundred. Yeah, right. And if they're dead, that usually means that they've recently had pest control. And if that's the case, then let pest control do its thing. But if they're still alive, then we have a problem. Now, most restaurants typically have regular pest control services, right? Most restaurants do. And I would recommend most restaurants. Get, so we get can rest pest. assured that our favorite restaurant's probably okay. Right. It was this one buffet-style restaurant, and... I saw some dead cockroaches, so I go looking a little bit harder for some live ones. And I opened up this large 55-gallon drum of dried beans. No. And inside, it was just one, one live cockroach, and it was just doing circles, Swimming. circles around the beans no. on top. And... And of course, employees, they, they like to take care of the problem right away. Sure, I hope so. So, so the employees just reach in with their bare hands and grab it and smash it. I know. <laughs> and yeah, so that's a, that's a horror story that leads to uh, a, a closure in that case because they, they got a lot of problems. And this is this was a sealed large container that has a lid on it. So it's like, how did that get in there? <laughs> yeah, bad things happening there. <laughs> so once a restaurant's closed, how long will they be closed? Like how long does that usually take to get back on their feet? Well, it depends. Uh, they can be closed for up to a week. Um, they can be closed for less time than that if they can alleviate the problem, get rid of all the dead cockroaches, have pest control come in and, and do a proper servicing. But usually it'll take about a week. For, for that to occur. How do you find that roaches enter and exit facilities? <laughs> well, most commonly they just enter through the door. And when I say that, I mean they that... Knock on the door? <laughs> they knock on the door, yeah. Uh, a lot of places will prop their doors, their back doors open. Oh. Yeah, and then they'll come in. Or even if the door is closed the weather stripping that's supposed to keep all the pests out 
it's is not maintained. Not there. It's not maintained. Deteriorated, and so it's just a it's just a little tunnel, you know, for the for the roaches to go through. So th- that's one of the most important aspects of keeping pests out of a facility is keeping all the gaps eliminated, eliminating all the gaps in all the holes and walls, doors, ceilings, any place that uh, you can think of that a a pest could enter the facility, and then keeping it clean because food debris in various places is going to attract attract the roaches and, and want them coming back for more. So keep the seals sealed. Keep the seals sealed. Uh, no cardboard. They love to lay their eggs in cardboard. Mm. So we see that we see cardboard around a lot. You know, restaurants will get their packages in, and then they'll use the cardboard as shelf liners. Oh, that's a bad idea. It's a bad idea. It has those little nooks and crannies. Oh, no. The roaches just wedge in there and lay their eggs. Yeah. So you got to keep things clean, off the floor, throw away the trash, seal up the entire facility. Mm. And then regular pest control. Finally today in Now Trending, dispensaries are in large supply here in California and in other states. Cannabis? Recreational and medicinal use of cannabis is legalized here. Right. And CBD kind of goes along with that. Now, can restaurants offer edibles in their store? So just because that it's legalized, both medicinally and recreationally, a, a retail food facility, such as a restaurant or even a prepackaged food facility that has a permit with the health department, cannot actually offer edibles for sale in their, in their restaurant. So we're specifically looking for food that has THC or CBD. Those are the specific chemical substances that are not allowed in food. Now, is this something that you've come across? Uh, yeah, actually, I, I have. Yeah, we, we've come across it as inspectors, and we educate the owners, let them know they take it off the shelves, they can't serve it, and then and then they do. And even a lot of the smoke shops now, they have a lot of candies that have CBD in them like CBD gummies or CBD suckers for some reason is big, and they can't even have those products on their shelves either. That's going to do it for us in this episode of Food Ops. Thank you for joining us. I'm Becca. And I'm Derek. And we will definitely see you next time.